Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. It matters who our circle is. It matters who we spend time with. It matters who we are around. It matters who we let speak things into our life. You need fellowship in your life. It is vital. We are all one body. We are all the family of God. We need each other. Yes, we do. We need each other. You need a cause that is greater than yourself, that gives life significance, that gives life meaning. The more you understand the purpose of God for your life, the more that you will live out those purposes and the more passionate that you're going to be. Amen. I want to... um... Uh, continue on uh, on what we started last Sunday and I hope to wrap it up today um, I should have plenty of time um, but talking about passion and and uh, the things that rob us of our passion amen because if we're I believe if we're going to uh, be faithful unto the end and and uh, make heaven our home if we're going to make this a uh, even greater church than it is and, and, and be the church that Jesus wants us to be I believe that we have to have passion in, in our lives amen we have to have a passion for God and the things of God so turning in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and uh, we'll read verses 4 through 7 again I'll recap uh, here in just a minute for those that uh, were unable to be here last week and just kind of bring us all back up to speed. Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Amen. So again, the title, I guess I'll do it part two, uh, is With Your Whole Heart. With Your Whole Heart. Amen. And you may be seated today. Amen. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord this morning. So as I was saying, passion is, is one of those things that, um, that we need to be because I believe uh, the day and hour that we live in, uh, it demands it. It demands it that we be a passionate uh, church. And I believe that the church that Jesus Christ wants us to be is not one that is defensive in nature, but offensive. We have to be on the offensive side of the ball moving forward. Amen. How many know that in Christianity there is no middle ground? There is no neutrality. Uh, you're either, Christianity really should be viewed as uh, we're, we're on an incline. We're either going up or we are going down. And so I believe that if we are going to continue to rise, we need to be passionate, uh, passionate people. Um, nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. 
Passion is what energizes life. Passion gives you a reason to get up in the morning and go, today's the day I'm going to do something. I'm going to progress. I'm going to make something out of my life today. And uh, we talked about last week how without passion, uh, life becomes dull. Life becomes monotonous. Life becomes boring. And I don't believe that that's the life that Jesus wants us to live. I believe that is a very dangerous place to be, in fact. Um, and I believe that God created each and every one of us with emotions to have passion in our lives, and He wants us to have a passionate life because that's what mobilizes us into being the person and being the church that God wants us to be. One day a man walked up to Jesus and he said, Lord, what's the most important thing in the Bible? And Jesus says, I want you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Nothing else matters more than that. That is the number one thing. Jesus was saying, I want you to love me, but not just love me, love me passionately. Love me with your whole heart. Nothing else matters in life if you don't love God passionately. God doesn't want us to love Him half-heartedly. He wants us to love Him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Amen. So, uh, last week we started to jump into things that rob us of our passion. And, uh, and this, this idea is actually is spoken all throughout the Bible. This truth. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are to seek God passionately, that we're to love God passionately. The Bible says that we're to serve and obey God passionately. We're to trust Him passionately. Nothing is ever stated like, well, just kind of however you're feeling that day, or, you know, if you're having a good day, then you can live for God with your whole heart. No, it doesn't give us any of those parameters. It just, it just states that this is what we're supposed to do with our whole heart, live for God. And, uh, and then Colossians 3.23 tops it off, says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not unto men. All right. So, we started to jump into, again, things that rob us of our passion. I tried to work my slide this morning, but our computer is old and outdated, and we really need a desperate update and uh, trying to find time to do that. So, <laughs> But anyways, we can do it without the slides. Amen? Amen. So um, I really want to touch on, on these things that, 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 that are killing the passion in our lives. And if you're here today and you kind of are, um, you're not feeling the same fervency that you once had, you don't have the same zeal that you once had, it's very possible that one of these things that we're going to discuss here this morning could be the reason for that. Um, and so I kind of want to view these as a checklist as we go through them. Uh, the, the first thing that we touched on of something that robs us of our passion is that of being unbalanced, being unbalanced. And that could be uh, in, in any area of your life, whether it is at, is at work or it is in school, but we could easily become unbalanced in our walk with God. And, and we have to realize that life is, a, life is a series of seasons. The Bible says there is a season for everything. So there is a rhythm to life that we're supposed to be operating in. And, and we need, whether you're in the workforce or not, you need, you need both in your life. You need both input and you need both 
output. You need both rest and you need work. And too much of either will cause you to lose passion. Too much work will cause you to lose your passion and too much nothing, you're bored all the time, will cause you to lose passion also. And so we need both going on in our life. We need we need times of, hey, let's get in there, let's get the job done, but we need times of rest. Amen. Um, Psalms 127 says it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night fearing that you're going to starve to death for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Amen. God wants you to have rest. Some of us deal with the issue that, that we're always giving, but we're never receiving or vice versa. Uh, but I find a lot of times, especially in the duty of a Christian where we are called to serve, we're always helping, sharing, giving, and we never sometimes take time to recharge. And if you never take time to recharge, it's very possible that you're going to get unbalanced in your life, in your, on the ministry side and on the work side of things. And what's dangerous about that is at some point you just stop caring. That's the danger of getting out of balance. Amen. I just heard a pastor just tell me just over the weekend that he was being, had a very transparent moment with his church. And he said, one of the greatest temptations for your pastor, he said, is that I will get to the place where I just don't care. He said it's one of the greatest temptations that, that he has on the ministry side that he gets to the place where, hey, I'll just come to church and I'll just go through the motions and I'll just collect my salary and I'll just go home and I just don't care. That's what happens when our lives gets out of balance. We get to the place where we just don't care about things anymore. There's no passion. We stop caring. We don't care about God or the things of God. We don't care about other people We don't care about anything that is going on anymore. Well, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy 4, 7. Take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. How do you do that? Balance. 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 You have to have balance in your life. You need a time to worship God corporately and privately. Amen. You have to have times of fellowship and Bible and, and, and reading your Bible and prayer and witnessing and all of that. Uh, did you know that bats, how many love bats? Not baseball bats, but the little flying rats. Yeah, I remember as a kid, we used to just throw something up in the air and, and, and try to watch them as they would zip across. And we would throw cups in the air. I remember one time we actually caught a bat in a cup. Yeah, it flew right, right into it. That, you know, Southern Illinois entertainment. Um, and so that's what we, that's what we did as kids. <laughs> but did you know this about bats? That bats cannot take off from a level surface. They cannot fly, take off in flight from a level surface. If you place a bat on a level floor on the ground, they will not take off flying. They will just hop around in pain until the bat can find a place with a small angular distance, okay? Then and only then will the bat be able to just leap off and fly away. What are you saying, Bryce? What's the point? The point is this, balance. Balance. You know it's possible for you to live a balanced spiritual life? 
It's possible for you to do that. But when your life is not balanced, you will inevitably lose your passion. You're going to to come into church and you're going to sing worship songs and you're going to ask yourself, why don't I feel God? Why don't I feel God like I used to? You know why? Because your life is out of balance and you can't take off and fly to the heights that He wants you to because there's no balance in your life. Balance. Living an unbalanced life robs us of passion. The next thing we talked about, and I'm going to try to hustle through these so I can get to the rest, uh, unused talent. We all have a gift in here. We all are gifted. And, 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 and what a lot of people think is if we aren't called to a pulpit ministry, then we can't minister at all. That is one of the greatest lies from the devil. We all have a gift. We all have something that God has blessed us with to bring to the table to help and offer a lost world. Yes. Amen. And so, but an unused talent, not using a talent will cause us to lose passion in our life. First Peter 4 and 10 says, Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. He says, so use your gifts well. Use your gifts well. Your gifts are meant for the benefit of other people. My gift is meant for you. Your gift is meant for me. Uh, and if we do not use our talents, we will lose our passion. And here's the deal. God did not give us special abilities just to sit on them and do nothing with them. God says, I want you to use your talent. I want you to use your gift for the benefit of others for the benefit of others and i believe that it's it's tragic it is tragic when god has gifted us with something and and whether it is out of fear um or just uh i i I don't know of any other things other than out of fear like we're fearful of what you know the things that we might have to do and using our gift i don't know but i believe that it is tragic and when we choose to just sit on them and not use them because that is for the benefit of other people yes the benefit of other people i believe that god is grieved when he looks and he and he sees us not using our talents not using things that he has blessed us with in our lives unused talent will rob you of passion the third thing we talked about is unconfessed sin few things rob of us rob us of joy confidence and passion more quickly than guilt than guilt. And here's how it works with us with guilt. The sin in our lives. We don't, we said last week, we don't walk around thinking a lot of times that we're a sinner. We have sin in our life. We're living a lifestyle of sin. But what we do and what a lot of people do is we try to rationalize it consciously. Consciously we think, I'm okay. I'm not broken. I'm not busted. Uh, I'm not the only one that's doing this. It's no big deal. But subconsciously it gnaws at us. Subconsciously whenever it gets quiet, that guilt pops up in our minds. And here's the truth about us human beings. We cannot feel passion and enthusiasm and guilt at the same time. You're, you're either walking around with one or the other. Guilt or passion. You can't feel both of those things at the same time. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an 
it's vitally important that we take care of the sin in our lives. Amen. To, to find a place of repentance and kneel before God and say, God, I'm sorry for this sin. How many know that repentance is just an incredible thing? An incredible, what a, and sometimes we think repent, you know, it sounds sometimes like a dogmatic word, like, like it, it's, it's like, oh, just we shiver at the sound. We think of a pastor beating his hand on a pulpit saying repent, but it's one of the most gracious words that we have ever been given an opportunity to go to an altar and say, God, I agree with you. There is sin in my life. And the Bible says if we do that, he is faithful and just to forgive us. What, what an amazing God we serve. What an amazing God we serve. That's his promise to us that if, if we'll confess it to him, he's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us. I would encourage you today. Don't wait. Sometimes we carry guilt. And you know, if we're being honest this morning, we carry guilt around far longer than God ever. God doesn't want you to carry guilt around. He wants you to bring it to Him. Be honest. Let's be real with Him. He knows anyways. <laughs> he knows. All right. So now we're all at speed. I want to get into uh, the remaining portion here of things that rob us of our passion. Um, this next one is, uh, is unresolved conflict. Unresolved conflict. Conflict will just drain you. It, it will just drain the passion right out of your life. Do you, ever, do you ever start your day and it's going to be a great day? You know it. You, you fly right up out of bed. You're awake the moment that you get up. You don't need any Folgers in your cup. Man, that rhymes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that. Are we recording this? We need to send that in to Folgers. You, uh, you, you're, you're awake before the alarm clock. You get up and it's just going to be a great day. You're ready for it. Shower, breakfast, every, you're ready. And you're on your way to work or you're on your way out the door. Maybe you're in your car and all of a sudden somebody, somebody cuts you off. Somebody, somebody almost rear-ends you and, and you get into an argument, uh, a debate with your spouse and, and, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden all of the zip goes right out of your doodah. Ever had that morning? <laughs> it's like the air going right out of a tire when conflict comes. That's what that's what that's what conflict does to us. And I'm not speaking of experience here. <laughs> My wife is not teaching Sunday school. I just realized that. Um, but conflict, it takes the passion right out of us. All of a sudden, our attitude just goes flat. And I know 
that there are some people that that have situations, whether it be at home or at work, where conflict is just constant. It's just a a constant thing. And and sure, there are people, maybe even you yourselves, that you have you have tried your very best to minimize the conflict. But maybe it's it's you're doing your job, but the person on the other side is not doing their job. And so the question is, how do we keep passion in a situation like that? How do we keep our zeal? How do we remain upbeat and confident? I think it's important for us to realize this. You cannot control the other person at all times. But you can control the kind of emotions that you have in the midst of conflict. You can do that. One writer states this, the three emotions that kill our passion in the midst of conflict are this, resentment, jealousy, and prolonged anger. Resentment, jealousy, and prolonged anger. Well, what's the Bible say about that? Job 5 and 2 says this, resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. Resentment Jealousy are passion-killing emotions. Job 18 and 4 also says, you are only hurting yourself with anger. You're only hurting yourself with anger. And, And so we have to make the conscious decision when it comes to resentment and jealousy and anger to just do like Elsa did and let it go. This, this is why, this is why forgiveness is so important. This is why forgiveness is so vital. God who knows us, who made us, who created us, knows that we can't carry resentment. And so he says, there's a way to let it, let it go. Even logically, we know that the resentment that we have in our lives, it's not hurting the person that we're resentful against. They might not even know that you're resentful. So who's it hurting? Me. Me. It's, it's hurting us. The anger that we have towards somebody else is only hurting us. If you want the passion to be restored in your life and in your heart, you have to forgive. Yes. You have to forgive. You have to let it go. And I know there might be some thinking here today, I can't do that, Bryce. You mean, you mean to tell me that, that what they did to me, it was so bad, it was so horrible, it was so mean that, that if I forgive them, that, that, that I have to let them off the hook? I'm not telling you, uh, 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 I'm not telling you just to let them off the hook. I'm telling you to put them on God's hook. Let them off of your hook. Put them on God's hook. Put it in God's hand. Says, God, I can't handle this, but you can. I forgive them and you just leave it. If you don't, then that unforgiveness is going to kill your passion. It's going to kill the passion in your life and for the rest of your life. If you do not, uh, if you do not, then the resentment that you have for that person, that resentment that, that is controlling your passion, by that it is controlling your life. So what do you do? 
You forgive. You resolve the conflict in your life, but unresolved conflict will rob you of passion. The next thing is this. No support. An unsupported lifestyle. Sometimes you lose passion for God because you're not spending enough time around people who have a passion for God. You're not spending time around other Christians. So I always circle this back. I remember teaching in the, in the, in the youth group. You are the, you are the um, average uh, of your five closest friends. The five people that you surround yourself be, you are the average of them. That's, that's, what, that's what you are. So it matters who our circle is. It matters who we spend time with. It matters who we are around. It matters who we let speak things into our lives. Those voices matter. Fellowship. Our fellowship is vital is vital. I love this incredibly practical verse in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says this. Two are better than one. Yes. Because if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him get up. We need each other. You know why? Because we all fall sometimes. We all slip. We all stumble at times. And so we need people in our lives that's going to help us get back up. I am a product of somebody who was surrounded by godly examples. People who just would not let me fall. They would not let me fall. They would not let me slip. They would not let me mess up. I am thankful for the people and the pastors that I have had in my life that would tell me, Bryce, that is dumb. Stop doing that. Get up. Let's go. Yes. Come on. Of course, they say it in a, in a loving way. You know, they don't just say, hey, that's dumb. <laughs> But if they did, I, I would be, I would be, uh, so in awe that they had the, they, they had the guts to say that to me. I am so appreciative of people who just would not let me slip by with anything in life. I'm thankful that we have a pastor who say, Hey, you need to stop doing that. Hey, you need to be careful with this. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't do there. Why? They're helping me in times that I might stumble and fall. Amen. You need fellowship in your life. It is vital. We are all one body. We are all the family of God. We need each other. Yes, we do. We need each other. We, we, were, we were created and made for relationships. That's how God designed us. We were made to live that way. We're made to live in relationship. You go to a prison. And when they want to give somebody the ultimate punishment in a prison, where do they put them? In solitary. Solitary confinement. You know why? Because we were made to be around other people. That's how God created and made us. Whether you're married, single, it doesn't matter. You need relationships with other people. Others who are trying to live with passion for God in their lives to keep the passion for God real in their life. That's the people that we need to be around. 
having been in the ministry for a while now I've seen a lot of people continue with their passion for God and a lot of people lose their passion for God and those that lose their passion for God there's this predictable pattern you can see it the same way almost every time and I'll tell you where the pattern begins the first thing that happens is the person starts to just create space between them and the church they stop coming to church and when I say stop coming I mean their heart is not here they might be here on a pew but their heart is elsewhere and they have distanced themselves between uh, 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 distanced themselves between uh, people that have passion for God and people that love God amen there's a reason that a lot of people will tell themselves that that's okay to do there's a you can you can say all kinds of things and I'm sure you've heard these things before people say I've got other things going on I've got other things to do. And, oh, I'll get I'll get back soon. I just uh, spoke with a lady who who uh, who's one of my customers, and she's been to our church before, and, and I haven't seen her in a long time. And she came up to me and she said, hey, "Hey, so 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 when are your service times again? You know, when are you guys having church, man? I really need to get back, and I want to come back. And and we've all heard those things before, but whatever the reason is, you start not spending time with other people who have a desire uh, to have passion for God and the next thing that always happens is all of a sudden once you've distanced yourselves from the church once you've distanced yourself from the family of God all of a sudden your heart starts to turn cold you start to feel far from God you start to feel like God's far from you And what you really need is to be around people who can warm up the love that you still have for God in your life. People that will speak life and encouragement. It's a need in all of us to be around people, to uh, other people to have this passion for God. And if you have uh, no inspiring contact with other believers, your heart will grow cold. It is inevitable. It is inevitable. I feel so fortunate and so blessed to have been and still be surrounded by great men and women of God. God has surrounded me with passionate people and I submit to you this morning that I am what I am today because of God and the godly relationships that I have made. That's how God made all of us. We need relationships in order to grow. That's what makes it happen. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together and let us encourage one another. You're not meant to be on this journey, church, all by yourself. It will rob you of joy. The next thing is unclear purpose. Unclear purpose. When you forget the purpose of your life, that is a sure way to kill your passion. If you don't know the purpose for life, the question in the morning is, is why bother? Why get up? Why put forth the effort? Why? Life without purpose is activity without direction. It's motion without meaning life without purpose is pointless 
And sometimes it's easy to forget why we're here on planet Earth. We get, we get distracted by budgets and bills and deadlines and children and, and friends and all kinds of other things. We get distracted. And whenever you forget why God put you on earth, it is inevitable. You're going to drift. You're going to drift. Who cares? Why get up? Life has no meaning. There's no purpose. Isaiah 49 says, I've labored to no purpose and I've spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Passion and purpose, they go together. When you have a clear purpose, it's going to give you a lot of passion. But it's got to be God's purposes for your life. Yes. If you're only living for yourself, that's a pretty insignificant purpose. That isn't going to make you very passionate. You need a cause that is greater than yourself, that gives life significance, that gives life meaning. The more you understand the purpose of God for your life, the more that you will live out those purposes and the more passionate that you're going to be. One writer put it this way. He says, passion is waking up in the morning wherever you are and bounding out of bed because you know there's something out there that you love to do, that you believe in, that God made you for and you're good at. Something that's bigger than you are and you can hardly wait to get to it. It's something that you'd rather be doing than anything else and you wouldn't give it up for money because it means more to you than money. Nothing matters more than knowing and living the purposes of God, the reason why He put you on earth. Nothing else can compensate for not living out those things. It's not fame. It's not wealth. It's not success. It's not pleasure. Nothing can compensate for life without meaning. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. An unclear purpose will destroy your passion. It will destroy it. Think of Jesus right before he went to the cross. He said, for this cause, for this cause, for this cause. There was a cause that was greater. How many know there's a cause that is greater than the cause of just your life? It is more significant. It is greater. And nothing can compensate for it. And then finally, as our music comes this morning, of things that will rob you of passion. This last one. An, an undernourished spirit. An undernourished spirit. Every day, church, you face all kinds of circumstances that conspire to shrink your spirit and to shrivel your heart. You're going to get up tomorrow morning, just like me, and you're going to have distractions, and you're going to have disappointments. You're going to have conflicts, and you're going to have changes and challenges. You're going to have problems and pressures. You're going to have frustrations and fears and failures, and all of these things fall in on you. 
and they shrivel your spirit. They shrink your spirit. So you, what do you do? What's the answer? How do we have passion, Bryce, when all of these things are coming against us? What do you do? I believe that you have to start getting intentional. You have to start intentionally feeding your spirit. Because, listen to me, if you don't do it, nobody else will. Nobody else is going to nourish your spirit. We come in, we come here, we get the milk, we get the preached word of God, and those things are good, but they don't sustain us. We have got to get it in the meat for ourselves. How do you do that? You have to be intentional, intentional about feeding your spirit. You need, we need times of worship with God every day where we get to know Him. Yes. Private worships, private prayer. You need to develop a strong prayer life. And sadly, most of our culture's idea of prayer is that we pray all the time to bring our needs to God, to bring our crisis to God. But did you know that prayer in its original state had nothing to do with problems and dilemmas and crisis, but prayer in its infancy had everything to do with connecting with God? Yes, it did. Connecting, growing the relationship. You must have a prayer life. We must have fellowship. We, we must have uh, times of where we get into the Word and we grow more like Christ. And we all have a gift that we have a ministry that He's called us to. And we have to get to those things where we're using our talents to help other people. We need a mission where, where we're sharing our faith. And if you choose one of those purposes and forget the others you're going to be imbalanced and you're going to lose your passion you need all of them flowing in your life so how do you do it how do I plug into God how do I have this living vital daily relationship with God that keeps my spirit nourished here's how I do it you live for God with your whole heart and nothing less with your whole heart I think you need to remember this morning how God feels about you. We know it, but sometimes we forget it. Did you know that God is hopelessly in love with you? The reason that you're not passionate about God is you have forgotten how passionate God is for you. Exodus 31 says, You must worship only the Lord, for He is a God who is passionate about His relationship with you. Church, did you know that? Did you know that God is passionate about, with, about you? He's not, he's not up there going, Oh yeah, there's another one of my creations. Uh, next. No, He's passionate about you. He made you to love you. Yes, glory to God. 
You were created as an object of His love. And the more you understand how God is passionate about you, the more passionate you're going to get about God. But when you forget how much God loves you, and sadly we see this, Here's what people will do. They'll start to substitute God for other things. They'll replace God with other things that they feel are just a little more important. Would you stand with me here today? How do we know that God is passionate about us? Charles Spurgeon said one time, he said, I take my text, I read my text, and then I make a beeline towards the cross. How do you know God is passionate about you? The proof is the cross. Jesus stretched out His hands and they nailed Him to a cross and He was in essence saying, I'd rather die than live without you. That's how passionate I am about my creation. I made you. I love you. And I'd rather die than live without you. Acts 1 and 3 says, To whom He also presented Himself alive after His suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He's passionate for you. You know what I believe? What the Bible says, one of the most worst things that a Christian can do, the worst sin, it's not adultery, it's not murder. God tells us in Revelation 3, He says it is lukewarmness. No passion. It's a people that say God is just one of the things in my life. I have my social life. I have my career life. I have my family life. And over here uh, 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 is a little piece of the pie, the church. And sometimes I feel God's like, I love you this much. I love you passionately. I made you. I created you. I planned you. I purposed you. I saved you. I have a place for you in in heaven should you choose. And you would treat me with a heart of indifference. A half-hearted indifference. And Jesus says, I'd rather you, I'd rather you hot or cold. Lukewarmness makes me sick. C.S. Lewis said like this, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Because church, I believe this, If Jesus is God and He robed Himself in flesh and He came and He died for my sins, He loved me that much, then I owe Him the rest of my life. 
And if he didn't, then we should all just pack up and go home and move on to the other things in our life. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It either deserves your entire life or nothing. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in the closing moments of this first portion of our service. I ask you today, how are you in your passion for God? Are you lukewarm? Are you just going through the motions? Or are you red hot for God because He loves you that much? The truth is, is you're as close to God as you choose to be. You can have as much of God as you want. You can be as passionate about God as you want. And if we're not, it's our fault. It's our fault. Would you lift your hands as they sing this chorus unto the Lord today? Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.